1: This is the best of talk of champions brought to you by modern Woodman. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America, touching lives, securing futures. Peterson's going to be able to make a catch at the aid and he's going to try to return it. He has a block, 15, a 20, 25, 30. Needs more block. He could go. He's, he's got to the a 50, He's to the 40. He's to the 30. He's to the 20. 10. Whoa. No flags. Touchdown. Oh, There's a snap to Miller. Steps up in a pocket.
0: champions i'm ben garrett at spirit been on twitter on with me now former Ole miss wide receiver cory peterson cory what's up man
1: what's going on ben thanks for having me on
0: one interview i've always wanted to do i said when i started doing talk of champions i was going to call Corey, going to talk about the stuff you always talk about but uh for, for me i you know I, i've been around Ole miss football my entire life and i would say at least two if not three of my most memorable moments around Ole Miss had to do with Corey Peterson for you what, what do you get asked about the most is it Auburn is it the the egg bowl 50 the the overtime win what what's the what's the thing you get asked about the most
1: well first of all I'm, I'm impressed that you were even born when I played because yeah. it seems like a long time ago but uh, to answer your question um, the the egg bowl definitely 97 egg bowl I, I get asked. uh Not as much anymore, but, um, you know, still every once in a while, I get that question or just, you know, I I love hearing, you know, from a fan or whoever it is saying, hey, I remember when you caught that pass and, you know, I was at the game or I was, you know, with my family celebrating Thanksgiving. I just, I always like to hear, you know, their reaction to it and that great win that that our team had in 97 and um, to get us. Um, you know, and our seniors led us to that, to that bowl game, the Motor City Bowl, the old Motor City Bowl.
0: Yeah. I was actually so at the Motor City Bowl. It was the very first time for the Motor City Bowl. It's the, uh, debut of the Motor City Bowl and it, it snowed It was Christmas time. I mean, it was, it was a memory, but I'm glad you brought up that particular egg ball because that's exactly what I wanted to, to my, my little story, anecdotal story here. We used to go to every single road game, but my dad was notorious for leaving early. You can imagine where this is going to go. And <laughs> once Ole Miss went down and he's mad he doesn't want to see Ole Miss lose the State, we hit the road, and then Stuart Patrick, <laughs> Corey Peterson, start to mount the comeback. And we were probably around West Point or so. When when you caught the two-point conversion, and I've held it over my dad's head probably for, God, it's been a long time now. Let's just say 20 years since that happened, I've held it over his head. Yeah, that's right. That yeah. is right. I'm 10 years old, now I'm 30, and I'm still talking about it. Uh, what, what what happened? What, did did Tubbs just decide? Hey, we're going to go for two here. What what was the what kind of window? Well, well,
1: listen, you, you you probably can forgive your dad by this time. <laughs> now it's been twenty years, but you could have technically uh, gone to the the first drive of the game left and then come back at the very end because it was a pretty boring game. But yeah, so. You know, it was a defensive battle game. I mean, we scored on our first drive and then scored on on the last drive. And um, you know, both defensive played so well uh, for us as well as Mississippi State. But yeah, Tub, um, you know, the riverboat gambler. He he, you know, started to have that reputation and then put a, you know, kind of sealed it. Um, you know, making that call, which is hard to do. You know, I hear now that you know coaches say, look, if you're away and you got a chance to win it and get out and keep it from going into overtime, you go for it. But still that is a tough call to make and you got to hand it to Tubb and having confidence in our offense and, and Stewart offensive line because they blitzed us pretty hard. I mean, and Stu barely got that pass off, but I mean, look, he, uh, he made that call and it, and it really shot our program into uh, the right direction. I mean, first year off probation, a terrible probation um, and we get to a bowl game and we keep Mississippi state out of a bowl game. So uh, obviously it wasn't the biggest bowl game around, but still our, our fans um, and our seniors worked so hard and they supported us that whole year. And, and um, you know, we got them a little present going to uh, Detroit and having to spend Christmas up there, I think it was the night before, or the game was after Christmas, but you're still in a hotel on Christmas in Detroit uh, on a dreary, rainy whole week, so um, it was just great to uh, get our fans a a W and get us back into the bowl circuit.
0: You have so many big catches, though. I mean, it was the, the 1998 overtime LSU game where you're laying on your back—that still hangs in the Ole Miss spirit office right now—and you wrote a little nice note <laughs> to Jeff and Chuck. So, yeah, I'm gonna really date you there. And then the comeback against SMU, the '97 Egg Bowl, and I've got a picture of the '99 Auburn game still up on my wall, and that's one particular game when I, I've been—I've had a number of different guys that I grew up watching. Now that I'm 31 years old, I can—I I talk to like like it's everyday conversation and Jason Harrison's Notre Dame shot was one big moment for me. But one of the biggest moments for me was that 99 Auburn game because everyone was so mad, you know, the, the fan base reaction going to Auburn, the, you know, the, the payback game and Tubbs is left for Auburn. Again, I think a lot of people can understand what happened with Tubbs and why he ended up leaving it now. But at the time, no one really understood it and it made him really mad. What was that game to the players and what was that game to you? And when you made that catch, what was the, what was the feeling?
1: It was, it was special, you know, for our team. I was a senior and our fans that came to that game. I'll never forget that corner end zone was just packed with rebel fans. And uh, to follow us there, I know it, it it was tough for them to see coach tub and the assistants and Mazzoni on the other sideline. It was really hard. You know, for me, I, I had a, Great relationship with our wide receiver coach, Greg Knox, and Coach Mazzoni was great, and Pananzio and to see them in Auburn colors and on that sideline in the pregame, it just amped us up to an, another level. You know, we had some breaks in that game to get back in it, but to go there against your old coach who recruited you, all of us on the team, and to get a win in overtime it was all for the fans it really was it was it was such a great win for us and and um a big win for coach Cutcliffe and his staff that he brought in it's one that I'll never forget I mean that's a feeling you know the state game was was awesome I was a sophomore I was young and this one was probably one of my favorites um just battling at Auburn and to get that W I uh, that's one that'll always be uh, talked about it years and years down the road. And, um, you know, seeing Tubb on the sideline uh, after the game was just it was it was great. And I and you made a great point. I mean, the way he went out and the dishonesty and telling everyone he's not leaving, you know, years later, a lot of us understand why that happened you know, with not having the facilities and putting more money into the athletic program was a different time. But um, that was special. And um, I'll I'll always uh, be grateful to the fans that came to that game and supported us.
0: He's admitted since that he didn't really do a good job of breaking it to you guys either. How did the news come when Tubbs decided to leave? What was the what was the mood like, and kind of how did he handle it? Do you think he handled it poorly? Because he's admitted it since then. Yeah, he he feels worse to how he handled it with the players.
1: Yeah, he he it, it, he didn't handle it good at all. I mean, you know, we had a short week um, prior to that that last game he coached into that egg, the '98 Egg Bowl. Uh, you know, we played at Georgia Saturday and then had to turn around and play on Thursday. So it was a short week. Romero got hurt you know, basically the last play of that Georgia game. I had a shoulder injury in that game. We were beat up. And and the game plan they put in was just, you know, it David uh, David, our backup, was, was a great quarterback. And I just don't think they put him in a great situation because I think they knew they were on their way out, quite honestly. And then after the game, you know, Coach Tubbs is in the locker room telling us, hey, look, I, I gotta you know, tough decision to make, and to us, he had already made that decision, and, you know, the way our assistant coaches came up to us after a tough Egg bowl loss was really them saying goodbye, and uh, I think we all knew it then, and then, you know, five, six days later, I'm at home, we're still waiting to see if we're going to a bowl game, and then all of a sudden, we turn on the news and see Tub putting on an Auburn hat at his press conference, and and that hurt. That was just a feeling that just in your stomach made you sick because, you know, your your coaching staff that's been there three years that recruited you, that you got to know them, their family, and um, their leadership, it, they're gone. And we don't know who our head coach is going to be. We don't know if we're going to a bowl game. There was a lot of uncertainty there. But it hurt. It hurt. And I think, you know, Tubbs right. I think he he, he went about it the wrong way. Um, looking back, but it it definitely hurts. It hurts.
0: How, how but, jarring of a of a transition was it to Coach Cutcliffe? Because you know Tubbs and Cut couldn't be really any more different. Cut is about as dry as they come, but he was decorated as a quarterbacks coach from Tennessee. I mean, what what was the change like, and how did kind of Coach Cutcliffe endear himself to all you guys who probably were pretty jaded when he walked in? You didn't really know how you were going to handle him. You're probably pretty guarded too, I would assume. How did that transition? Yeah, we,
1: Yeah, we, we were, but listen, you know, the football train, it don't stop. It keeps going. So, you know, you're in that mentality, you know, we got to get ready for a bowl game. Obviously we all knew who coach Cutcliffe was Um, our seniors, or at least the seniors going uh, forward into the next year. We we met with the athletic director at the time. Uh, There were probably about 10 of us in there and he threw out the options and, and there was no doubt on the table. We all said coach Cutcliffe, but, Listen, you know, I I think they knew they were going to hire him anyway. Coach Cut was, you know, to see him leave Tennessee and leave coaching in the national championship game to come coach us and for him to have that opportunity, we we definitely accepted him right away. Um, I know that's probably once in a lifetime opportunity to coach in that big of a game and then win the national championship but he came in and um was so sincere and you know his personality he means what he says and he really truly cares about you he's he's such a different coach than what Tuberville was they were night and day tub is kind of the politician and and coach cut was a player's coach he wanted to see you graduate get your degree and um you know, have a productive life. And knowing that most of us weren't going to play pro football, he really, truly cared about you and your family. And I'll always be grateful to him playing under him for a year and a half. And I'd say we endeared her so pretty well because Cut came in and, you know, we've got tape on our helmets with our last name. And he takes us into a bowl game with, you know, hiring coaches by the week and we go in as an underdog against Texas Tech by double-digit points, and we turn around and we blow them out in the Independence Bowl. So, Cut was, uh, he was the right man for the job, and um, it was an honor to play for him.
0: Your career is interesting because I, th- I don't think a lot of people know it. Uh, you come from Germantown. How did you get here? How did you get to Ole Miss? What was the, what was the path like?
1: But listen, I, I grew up, um, you know, originally I was born in Omaha, Nebraska. Grew up Warren Husker fan. And we lived all over the country. I lived in Idaho, moved to Memphis right before my eighth grade year and started playing for like the little Red Devils team. Went on to high school. We ran the ball, you know, 90% of the time. And we we threw a go route once a game. And I I think I had about maybe 15 to 20 catches my senior year. We just didn't throw the ball. But um, I was recruited originally as a free safety and I didn't, you know, I wasn't a five-star recruit. I, I tell people I was a negative five-star recruit. <laughs> Old Miss only had nine scholarships that year because of the probation. I think in all honesty, probably the probation gave me an opportunity to get a scholarship at Old Miss. I mean, I, I took a visit to Memphis, um, went to Old Miss, um, came in on Friday had the best time. I was on a visit with Rufus French, Joe Gunn, uh, John Avery, a lot of those guys that ended up signing. Went to Chicken on a Stick uh, at the Chevron, the Gen, and I committed that Sunday. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the rest is history. That's the best decision I ever made. And I just fell in love with Oxford that that weekend that I was there. And uh, we had such a great group of players that came in not a lot of depth but we gelled we played hard for each other and you know I was very blessed to play with such great players I mean we Stuart Patridge one of the best quarterbacks ever obviously Romero Miller is at the top and you know you got John Avery first round running back Uh, and then obviously you know the greatest running back ever Deuce McAllister Rufus French a lot of great players on that team. Grand herd So I had some catches and some opportunities because they had to double coverage everyone else, and sometimes they forget about that slow possession receiver. So um, that's how it happened. It was that simple. I was lucky that um, I got recruited to play in the SEC, and um, I don't follow Nebraska anymore. It's all old mess. So anyhow, that's how it happened.
0: Did they start you out at free safety?
1: You know, I came in and we just didn't have a lot of depth at wide receiver. We had a couple seniors coming back uh, my freshman year to Boris Fisher. Obviously, he's one of the best. Damon Brew, But other than that, Grant Hurd uh, and I were both true freshmen. We we, we had to play essentially. Andre Rohn was a junior college guy. He played right away. And I don't think I was ready mentally, uh physically. I, I feel like I was, I, they just threw me in at receiver when I first started and I never got switched to free safety. We had um, a lot more depth and more speed at that position. I don't think I had the speed to play DB, but made some catches and got the attention and in, in two a days and um, just stuck at receiver. I had to learn how to run the routes and you know all that. And, Cause I never knew any routes except for a go route in high school but, uh, just tried to make every catch I could be physical. And, um, you know, once you get that opportunity, it's hard as a true freshman, unless you're, you know, Laquan Treadwell or A.J. Brown or, uh, Metcalf, it, it is tough to play that position. And, and these kids are so much more ready than I think I was coming in, but, um, you know, that's how it happened and, um, very blessed and, um, I'm looking forward to watching these guys go on. I mean, you know, played with Terrence Metcalf, and now his son is, is an up-and-coming, you know, redshirt, yeah. fresh. Yeah, you're so old now, I'm, man. I'm I know. I'm, I'm definitely getting younger, man, you and I both.
0: <laughs> I, I talk to Deuce pretty pretty regularly, and we had this conversation recently. Uh, when, you, when you look up and the kids of the guys you played with start playing football, yeah, that's when it hits you. That's when it hits you. <laughs> You know when you're when you're at Ole Miss games on the field you used to play and you see DK Metcalf,
1: it's a little different. It is, it is, man, and um, he's probably one of our favorites because of obviously his dad, such a great guy, and and Terrence helped turn our program around, uh, especially with. Uh, uh, offensive line. He was such a great player. And um, I work, I'm in sales now. I, I sell diabetes medicine and I work in his own town. I was in Clarksdale yesterday. So I'm always throwing his name out there. You know, he's a legend in that town. But yeah, my son is nine and we pull for Metcalf. We we really do. I think he's going to have a big year. Um, he's a special talent. He, he looks like Julio Jones to me. I think he's going to be, if he can stay healthy, going to be a A game changer, along with uh, AJ Brown and Van, and you know a lot of our great receivers. With Patterson being uh, throwing them the ball, it's going to be a fun year.
0: Well, well, one of the last things, and I'll let you go. You were around the program when it was coming off probation. It was one of the worst times in almost football history, and for you guys to win and for Tubbs to kind of bring it back. What, what, what are your thoughts on this program now? I mean, when you you're, you're a guy who still is very close to it, you still go to the games, you still pay attention. For you, what's kind of your thoughts on where the program is right now and everything they're dealing
1: with? Well, listen, I think, you know, Coach Freeze has handled it as good as you could handle it. It's a tough situation with the NCA because they're just so unpredictable. And it obviously um, was a tough year because of injury and then recruiting. You've got every other school saying things against you. And I just know it's been tough. Lost a lot of coaches that went to other schools. But Our core um, with depth on offense and defense, I think is in a very good place right now. I'm looking forward to seeing this offensive coordinator do his thing and and looking forward to seeing Patterson develop. But, you know, we've been there before with probation and I know there's still going to be kind of a black cloud over us because we don't know what's going to happen, but that's out of our control now. And these guys just need to go in and, and And play hard, we're gonna support them at the games. and I think we've got a, a special group of players on this team and great leadership um, with the seniors that are coming back and um, you know all you can do is go out there and play hard. I know we're not going to a bowl game this year, but uh, keep fighting. We've been there before in probation. you know, look, who knows what's gonna happen and uh, quite honestly, I know you and and everybody else in the rebel nation is getting tired of hearing it from other people. But listen, it's just a part of, um, of college football. It's the ugly part of it. And things happen, mistakes happen. And, you know, the NCAA has got that book of, you know, 900 pages of, of rules and regulations, but we're going to overcome it. We, we have before. Um, and that probation was, was almost the death penalty and we came out of it and went to a bowl game the first year after probation. So, I think the future is bright with these guys. I mean, the talent here now versus when we were on probation 20 years ago is obviously a lot higher. So we just got to get guys that believe in Ole Miss and believe in the program and what Coach Freeze is doing. And I want to see him there a long time. I have always enjoyed watching him. I think he is an incredible coach and, and uh, mentor to these young players. It's going to be a great year. It really is. We'll get through this.
0: He's former Ole Miss wide receiver Corey Peterson. I, I would be remiss if I didn't say because they mention you all the time. Chuck and Jeff say hello, so that's that's for them to say
1: hello to Corey. Tell my buddies, I said hi as well.
0: They, they, it's like a shrine at my office. It's just it's just Corey on a wall. <laughs> it's just a big Corey Peterson wall, and I'm not going to be able to forgive my dad. I, it's going on 20 years. It's going to. I think this is one of those that you just keep on talking about it till everybody goes away. I mean, it's just always going to be there.
1: <laughs> well, listen. You know, I, I be, being that we're both fathers now, cut, cut him a break now, my friend. We got the W. Yeah, that's and you true. you guys celebrated in West Point. So. In
0: West Point, like in in like a Wendy's drive-through. So it's
1: just awful, just awful. Yeah, I know exactly where that is. <laughs> oh,
0: well, Corey Peterson, man, I appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for coming on, and we'll definitely catch up soon.
1: Hey, hotty toddy, Ben. Thanks for having me, buddy.